0: A wonderful Wednesday. Is this microphone on? Because I got backup. What is going on? It's your boy, Larry Long, Jr., CEO, that's Chief Energy Officer. Welcome to the Cold Calling Podcast, sponsored by, by my great friends, Monster Connect. They're leveraging technology. They're leveraging human resources to make sure that they deliver actual conversations focused on B2B sellers. Yes, that's you. We want to get you 8 to 12 conversations with decision makers each and every hour. Now, welcome to season three, episode three of the Cold Calling podcast. Come on in, make yourself at home. We are going to have a great time. I'm truly excited and I can say that I am truly thrilled for today's Guests, oh, we're gonna have a great chat. We're gonna be talking about how do you overcome call reluctance. Oh, this 500 pound phone, we got to pick that thing up. We're gonna talk about the power of focusing on IPAs. Now, I know we got some drinkers out there. No, we're not talking about the beer, you can cheers another time, but we're gonna be talking about income producing activities. Uh, and also, what are some ways to make cold calls? Ooh, a little bit warmer and I feel like cold calls now hey I'm honored to welcome today's guest she's my friend and I'm gonna keep it real she's one of the realest greats in this space we met originally in sales for the culture I think it had a different name back then I'm gonna have to check out the archives you can find her at the intersection of career and culture she's an advocate for all she's been recognized Truly and sincerely as a LinkedIn top voice, she's producing content that's thought-provoking, insightful, authentic, and real. Oh, as an alum of University of Nebraska, Omaha, she's truly a true maverick. Let's give a warm, cold, calling podcast welcome to the amazing Nikki Ami.
1: You know what? Welcome.
0: Welcome, welcome.
1: Larry, every single time you talk about me, and then I I feel like I've been shot out of a cannon. It is impossible to join this show and not join the energy as well. Yes, I'm so excited.
0: Welcome. <laughs> so great to see you, Nikki, as always. You bring a smile to my face. You bring a smile to faces across the globe, across the world. We are honored to welcome you today. Now I like to start off with a segment I call the Who, What, and Why. Who are you? What do you do? And why do you do it?
1: I am Nikki Ivy. I have been a seller uh, for about 15 years. It feels like my entire life. Uh, started out selling cars, uh, and then made the transition into tech sales uh, back in 20. Was it 15? uh or yeah 2015 um i was plucked from obscurity from the car lot in austin texas this guy is on a test drive with me and he's like what are you doing did you know that you can make phone calls in the air conditioning uh and i have to be out here 12 hours y'all i was 12 hours a day in a pencil skirt every day in these high heels selling these cars slinging them whips uh and it was fun but um you know look as the world changes and as I got more confident about, well, how can these skills be applied? Uh, that's when I decided, yeah, let me throw my hat in the ring. And startup life is so much, uh, it, can be, it can be a lot of, you know, grief, but there's kind of nothing like it um, in terms of the, the adrenaline, the fun, and the ability to like be working on technologies that are exploding the world. Um, so I guess that's kind of a what and a why. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, that was like the who and the why. That's why sales. The, what I'm doing right now is I am coaching women business owners, mostly uh, business owners of color, on how to close corporate clients uh, because it isn't easy. And so sometimes folks just need uh, to be given the information, the language, the processes, and the strategy. Um, to really make these things happen and and get, you know, not only get a piece of the pie, but have their ideas be the ones that are contributing to the advancement of these large corporations. You know, these are voices and, you know, services, strategies, all these things that are important that I do think move the world forward. These women just have a tough time breaking through, but uh, not on my watch. So so that's what I'm doing. So I'm so excited. Wow, that warms
0: my heart to see you use your voice, use your talents to help others, to help others, and to enlarge that pie so that everyone,
1: woo, everyone eats. Everybody eats. <laughs>
0: oh my goodness. Now, now we're going to go from cars to tech sales, from pie to spilling the tea. I, I, I need you to spill the tea. I, I heard a little something, something about a little something, something going down in Tampa, Florida.
1: Ah, <laughs> Yes. What, what in the world do you tell? What was popping down in Tampa? So it was a super secret content house. On, <laughs> on its face, on the surface, what we were promoting was that a group of creators, about 30 of us, were going to be in Tampa for a networking yacht party with other people sales folk, right? Which is, you know, and that's the the thing that people were like, you know, buying tickets to to come party with us. But what we were doing before they got there the entire day and the entire next day after that um networking party is we were shooting content at this mansion um and learning from each other. So what what it is is a a sales creator kickoff and i think that's important because as you know as this the required sales skill set broadens to include or to need to include things like copywriting skills video creation skills uh and, and all of these people need to learn how to do it and though some of us have been able to build visible brands on linkedin you know it does it isn't to take for granted that we know what we're doing when it comes from a creator uh, point of view. So I got, I had folks helping me um, level up my video game, level up, um, you know, the how I show up on camera, finding resources. You know, I don't edit videos, I don't know how to do that. And the thing is, right? The reason why I love this event specifically for the creators is that when you look at the content that's coming out of this, it's clear. That there are people out there, like myself, who have great ideas for content, but maybe don't have the resources to execute. So while I was there, part of what was provided for the creators was, it was a company, Event Shark. Um, and they were there specifically to take the ideas of the creators, separate from the, the ideas of what the brands were doing, because there were brands there as well. But separate from the brand content that we were doing, there were folks specifically there to help the creators make their ideas real. And uh, hopefully you'll come on my show. I, I, have, I actually was able to start a series called uh, Any Given Sales Day, which is an idea I had for a very long time. I'm a huge sports fan, still wearing my Cowboys blue, even though I am devastated. Uh, it's a little bit too soon to talk about it. But uh, But anyway... What I, what I believe in and I've experienced is the power of not just playing sports, but even as a spectator, the stories that come out of it, a lot of overlap. There's a lot of overlap between you know uh, what it takes to pick yourself up again after a loss in sports and what it takes to do that same thing in sales. There's overlap between what inspires us, what kind of leadership is necessary, the team dynamic. And I just really want um, you know, to get back into that because I think we we lost a lot. I'm sorry, that was a notification. I think we lost a lot um, of that team dynamic, especially the um, that energy that we used to have in the room. So being able to get that back through talking about um, sports and something that's so um, so passionate about has really was really a lot of fun. And I would not have been able to execute that um, with you know my cell phone and my earbud mic. So, so that I had that opportunity. And then I just got to meet these other creators that, you know, I see their little faces in the little LinkedIn profile picture and everybody that was there was so sweet and so helpful to, to one another. I mean, these are people who, you know, if you don't know LinkedIn creators, sometimes you run the risk of them not being who they are in real life or, you know, being for lack of a better phrase, stuck up. But there was just none of that. It was just a bunch of really sweet people trying to help each other make our uh, our ideas and our dreams real. And, and I, I'm looking forward to more of more of these sales creator kickoffs.
0: I love it. And I got to give you props. And thanks. I appreciate you letting me crash the party virtually. Or I guess I, I guess I'll say audio uh, <laughs>
1: because
0: I called you and I didn't even realize that you were in the middle. Doing your thing and you took my call. Oh, I could feel the energy, and I felt like I was there through you. Thank you so much. Oh, and so much.
1: It was great. I was literally, I was literally on camera. We had just fixed the lighting, and like the person that was there was trying to like give me right. So as soon as we get in the in the in the, the right place, then the phone rings. He looks at it and he goes, You're getting a call from Larry Long Jr. I think you should answer that. Uh, you know, because of course he knows who you are. So I took I took the call and put you on speaker and it was such a fun little moment. I'm glad you called.
0: Oh, that meant so much. Now I want to get into something. Woo! Uh oh, sticking and moving, bobbing and weaving. <laughs> there there's this concept of call reluctance where where, where sellers and buyers are, are trying to avoid the, those calls. I mean, I can remember as a seller, I'll I'll never forget. I had a, an accountant in New Jersey who said, Hey, I got something for you, Larry. I thought I was going to sizzle. I thought I was about to get a sign up. He said, "I want you to put on a pair of concrete shoes and jump off a bridge." I said, "Oh, savage." I couldn't find. I went through our objection handling manual. I couldn't find how to handle that objection, so I just I freestyled it. I said, "God bless you too," and then I hung up and I, I was nervous making that next call, but I would love for you to share just some insights around what you found. Why what are some of the reasons why folks uh avoid cold calls both from the seller perspective and from the buyer perspective
1: yeah well first i want to talk about like how just how real right i don't sit from this place of you know um those people have call reluctance no we the people (laughs) have all experiences as you just mentioned in fact early in my career my my first manager who asked me to make calls um he used to have to put me like in the back of the office with a little like cubicle divider like they used to do when you're in elementary school. So you don't talk to your friends i talked to my friends uh but anyway so he had to put me back there and i still like be almost whispering on the phone because i was so afraid that if my peers heard me and i flubbed the script or stuttered or got cussed out that i would look stupid and sales is so competitive the, in my mind, like this idea that them hearing me mess up was going to give them the edge and I would lose to them. Like I was, you know, beholden to that fear for such a long time, but you know what, for, for, for a lady like me, the easiest way to cure me of that is for me to get beat by someone who I feel like I'm better than. Yeah. That's what I had to get sick of. If I'm hearing you on the phone and I know man I could deliver this script, I can do this. But then, Nikki, why, why aren't you? Why is this person beating you if, if you got it like that? And it's because they're willing to put themselves out there and pick up the phone and do it. So that's one of the reasons why folks avoid it, right? They don't want to look stupid. They don't want to confront failure in such a direct way. And the folks on the buyer's side who avoid it is because they've had such terrible experiences uh, with poor cold callers, right? And, and a lot, not for nothing, a lot of folks can't distinguish between. Any cold call they're getting, you're a bill collector, you're trying to get a donation, or you're literally actually trying to impact their business in, you know, in a meaningful way. There's no way for them to know that when the phone rings. So that's why, right? A, you have to get over the fear so you don't sound shook on the phone, uh, and and B, you have to develop a passion and a joy for conversations right? I don't expect anyone to be excited about a cold call proper, right? But if you are selling something, hopefully you believe in it. And if you believe in it, then hopefully you believe in the people uh, to whom you are selling. And if that's the case, why not be excited? I sell things that I am passionate about. And my, the happiest thing I can do in my day is share that passion with someone, if somebody else feels and, and presumably, right? So yeah, if I sell a sales engagement tool and I am passionate about, you know, outreach happening in a way that's repeatable so salespeople get their outcomes. And speaking to the person who's responsible for investing in something like that, that person better damn well be as passionate about the success of salespeople as I am. And if they are, then we get to like nerd out, joy out on that on this call. Why would I be afraid of that? Um, and so that's really what has to happen. That's part of the, the mindset shift in salespeople that has to happen. And then it's on us to be different from right, a, a telemarketer, and be different from a bill collector, be different from what any automated or AI thing can do. Right? The name of the game at this point uh, is the future of sales requires us to be radically human. Uh, so the name of the game is doing those things that make it crystal clear. Right, that you are a real person. Because when you do that, it isn't just that people respond to it because, hey, you're doing the job well. They respond to it because we all want to have those connections throughout our day. And they just want to be assured that they're not wasting their passion and enthusiasm on a robot or someone who behaves robotically. Um, So once you do that, once you're like, hey, Hey, let's just be people together. It'll be fun. Uh, I, I find that the days, even if even if nobody picks up or people say no, the day is just much more fun when we approach these as conversations between uh, passionate people.
0: Goodness gracious! I, come on now. I didn't, I didn't think you were gonna drop the mic like that. Question <laughs> number one, but I mean, you dropped it like it's hot. You're talking about fear. There's so much to unpack there. Passion, having joy, mindset shift being different and i love this radically human i was speaking with a colleague a speaker colleague of mine and we were talking about the speaker industry and how no one makes calls with the exception of a few people a handful of people most folks they stick to email and it's because of that fear and we're talkers we talk for a living but there's that fear of reaching out and calling someone ice cold getting bopped over the head You nailed it. And I I, want to go a little bit deeper. You talked about being different, radically human. Eh, I am chat, GPT, (laughs) robot. What what are some strategies for the folks that are listening? We've got folks right now that are sitting there saying, I don't want to make this call. And I don't know if they have passion, if they have joy for conversation, for what it is that they do, who they serve. But let's say they do have that. How do you recommend that they make the, the calls fun? You, you talk about having fun. I've I, I rarely heard cold calling and fun put together. Talk <laughs> to me, Nikki.
1: Okay. Okay. Hear me out. So, so for six months last year, I made a hundred cold calls a day across four clients. So the first thing was that because I was talking to different clients and speaking to different value props, I had to become passionate about each of those, right? I had to find, and listen, if you're selling like cybersecurity, uh, but on the weekends you'd sing Britney Spears karaoke, um, then maybe there's not a lot of overlap between your interests and and these IT professionals that you're talking to, but it's on you to find some part of that that you connect with. So I learned very quickly that I was gonna have to do that. Um, but what I also learned, what it what this experience forced me to do across the different different clients was that I didn't, I wasn't able to lean on how much I love any given product to push the messaging, right? Because I there was just not enough time to dig that deep and be that personalized for every phone call, right? Because one of the ways I'll give you a quick answer to your your question, right? How do you make it more human? One of the ways that uh, the industry is moving and I think is required is personalization, right? So, you know, getting beyond the business trigger of why you called and into like, but here's why I think this is, would be important to you in particular, right? Of course, that's important, but a lot of us who are selling don't have the benefit, right? Again, of being able to dig that deeply into someone's value prop and some businesses aren't as visible online for you to even be able to find these triggers. Uh, and so curiosity uh, is what is what made these conversations fun and easy. Uh, And then there's, again, there's that radically human part. So it goes something like this when I enter a cold call, right? This is for context, I am, and this is one of the things I was selling, right? It was um, sales done for you. So I'm reaching out to businesses that have, you know, between 20 and 50 employees, because I know from experience, I was a CRO at a small startup. I know that often it's the sales leader, that's also the person doing the sales activity. And I know what that can do to a business. It can make you stagnant and then you're frustrated, you know? Um, So I know that going into the conversation, but that's all most of the time, most of the the context I have. So I'm calling and I'm like, Hey, Larry, it's Nikki with have you been right. Um, Or my favorite, I would say something like, Hey, Larry, it's Nikki with such and such. I sent you a note the other day. So that upward inflection, I'm saying something to them. I haven't asked them a question. I have sent them a note. Um, and it's now I'm just waiting for them to recognize it. But they they probably won't. But this is, here's the human piece, right? I giggle at myself. So I sent you a note the other day. Quick pause. Does it sound like that's ringing any bells? That's okay. So what I, the reason I had reached out was because it looked like you all, you know, had kind of a lean team. and I know a lot of the time that means there's not a lot of time to do outbound activity consistently right and if you're not able to do that then you're just kind of you know at the mercy of whatever comes through the door. but I wasn't sure if that's what you were up against so I, I thought I'd reach out. is any of this resonating with with what you're experiencing right now? So do you understand, you hear we're having a conversation I'm inviting them to talk about something meaningful to their business right away. I haven't wasted time on rapport. I haven't given them a gimmicky, Opener, right? And I know those work sometimes, but I haven't given them that. And I really have given them little reason to doubt that I'm a human being. But there are still those, you know, those hangups that we all have. So inevitably, they will ask, is this a sales call? Is this a cold call? Right? The answer is, it is. But if we get it right, it doesn't have to feel like one. That's right. Stop people. I say this, and it stops people in their tracks. Because that is what they're afraid of, Larry. They don't want it to feel like a cold call because cold calls don't feel good. Sales calls feel like sometimes someone's trying to manipulate you. You feel backed into a corner. The be- I found that when I was first starting out, the better my idea was, the better my idea refuted their objection, the more closed off they were because they were like, oh, this person sounds like she has the power to convince me of things. And I don't like to be convinced of things. I like to convince myself of things. Um, So there's a, so there's a little bit of a dance, but when I say radically human, I mean, calling it out. Yes, this is a sales call, but Larry, if we get it right, it doesn't have to feel like, why are you you up for it? We're having fun. We're having fun. And if they say no, they wasn't up for it. It's fine. It's fine. The mindset has to be, there are hundreds of people who would be excited to talk to me right now. That's right. I can't wow. find them unless I get excited about them, you know?
0: Come on, Nikki. For all those sellers out there, BDRs, SDRs, AEs, enterprise AEs, for all the leaders, make sure you rewind and you listen to what Nikki just said. She broke it down from a technical perspective. And what I heard was that you put you put thought into this. You, you're very intentional with the way that you go about it. Being a human, being authentic, having fun. The the structure that you had right there was brilliant. And uh, I can't thank you enough for sharing that. For anyone that missed it, for those in the back, make sure you back it up and you replay that. Now, Nikki, I want to get into Spill the Tea Part 2 because you dropped it. You threw it in there real quick. You were trying to be slick. Talking (laughs) about Britney Spears karaoke impersonator. And I know... That, that you rock the mic. I know that you can sing. I
1: mean, I do a little something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: real real quick, because I've heard you and you, you don't need, and Britney Spears should be impersonating you, but talk to me about your passion for singing. Oh my goodness, your voice is amazing.
1: Thank you, thank you. So one of my, I had some stuff go down in my childhood, as many people did. And what I would do every Sunday morning, was, you know, I would stand out in front of my house and wait for the bus to come take me to Tilikum Baptist Church in Tacoma, Washington. Wow. And at Tilikum Baptist Church, I got to sing songs that made me feel hopeful. Wow. And that helped me heal, even if I was taking that same bus back home. Um, it it fueled me it made it reminded me that there is something beyond. It reminded me that there is, are always forces that play negative and positive and that I have the power to reach out and grab on the positive. And once I learned that music could do that, oh I was never gonna let it go. Um, and it so when I learned that I could move people with the way that I you know create music myself, I was very young I was five years old. And I had gotten Miss Santa Claus in the uh, kindergarten (laughs) Christmas recital and had only ever obviously only ever like sang it in choir class. But here we are. It's the recital. It was so dark and I couldn't see anybody in the crowd, not even my mother. And I'm just standing up there, a little girl, big light. And I just start to sing a tag, it's six o'clock, it's time for Santa to go. And the way that the crowd, you could hear like a, ah, oh, you know what I'm saying? And I was just like, oh, this, this, like we were just talking about this exchange of passion, something that made me feel good also makes these people feel good. And I'm, you know, it doesn't, I don't have to fake or, you know, or pretend or do anything other than show up as myself. And share what's in my heart. And I know like it sounds very like touchy-feely, but at the end of the day, like like I said, we human beings out here, we better lean into it. Um, and so that was what began me uh, with music. And then beyond that, it just became where I sought uh, community. So I uh, surprise, surprise wasn't very popular in high school. <laughs> I was I was very nerdy. I still kind of am, uh, It took a very long time to like blossom. So I spent a lot of time alone, but my choir friends and the people in like drama and musical theater, they're always very welcoming, always very welcoming to me. And I felt like they saw me um, in a, the way that I saw myself. And, and as an adult, that turned into karaoke. Right? I don't know if you—I don't know if you go to karaoke very often, but karaoke people are some of the most welcoming people you will ever meet. You don't even have to know how to sing, but if you show up to a karaoke bar and you sing songs that make people feel happy, then you're in. You're part, you're part of the crew, and and it's just again, it's it's a way to share that passion and build community with people. Um, who, who love the same things that, that I love.
0: Oh, that's powerful. And and, excuse me, you got me choked up. Oh, talking about how bad experiences, how you can turn those experiences and the lessons learned lessons earned. Oh, I appreciate you sharing that. That there's someone out there that needed to hear that message from you right now. And I, I appreciate you being open to sharing that. Oh, now we're going to try to adjust. We're going to try to try try to go to IPAs, IPAs, not the beer. But I think we call those income producing activities. I would love to hear from you. What are they and why are they important, especially from the lens of being a sales professional, being an entrepreneur? Talk to me about this IPA.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, in its simplest terms, IPAs are uh, outbound sales activities, right? But like you mentioned before, there is this structure. So there's the, and these two things a lot of people feel like are at odds, right? So if I show up as myself, then I'm in there all willy-nilly. Uh, and, and then how can I, you know, scale the activity if it's also, you know, ad hoc in the moment how I feel, right? Uh, and then there's this other piece. They feel like, you know, if I lean into too much to the structure of, of the, the processes, right, uh, the sequences that is of when these activities should happen, then will I lose the humanity piece? So the key then is to broaden your idea of what an income producing activity can be. Uh, I am a phone first seller. Right. So for me, it's that. And I I believe every uh, sales cadence or sequence should include that, right? Um, but there's also a lot of other fun stuff. So what I what I try and help people understand is, you know, if if let's say your sequence is set up like mine, right? Like I said, I send them a note so that when I call them, I can say I sent you a note. So I send them the note, I make the phone call, whatever that next step is, and for me, it's a LinkedIn connection request, right? All of these are income-producing activities. Because these are the things that get you to the conversations, that get you to the relationships, right? Uh, That get people to invest in your service or your product. So the kind of outbound activity in a broader sense than just phone calls and emails. So things like LinkedIn voice notes, right? Which I think are underused. And not just because they cut through. They do. They still cut through because so few people use them. But because it is a very, again, unambiguous way to communicate your humanity. I, uh, my favorite example of, of where I've used this, it wasn't quite a sales motion, but I was trying to get a job and I, um, genuinely what happened is I heard these folks had this opening and I went and started to look at, you know, the business, what they were about. And I went into like a rabbit hole. Um, so I send the, the, the person who was doing the hiring and send him a voice note on LinkedIn at like one o'clock in the morning, at like one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like. And I'm like, uh, hey, James, um, Nikki, I mean, this might sound kind of strange, but I have just been in like a three hour rabbit hole on all things your company. And I said the company name or whatever. And, you know, I, I saw that, saw you all had a role open. And I was like, all right, I got to talk to these people. I need uh, to, to work with these folks. Um, so wanted to reach out and see uh, if you see that same kind of overlap. I'd be excited to talk to you. Right. All of this goofy laughing, myself excited, self-deprecating rabbit hole talk, all of that in a voice note. Imagine you you come to your desk as a buyer or someone who's hiring. You got your inbox that has all of the "hello, sir" and or "madam" uh, type type emails. Uh, you got a call from someone who you know was trying to you know sell you lawn care services, and you're not even about it. And then you go. So you LinkedIn and you hear this turpy sprightly voice talking to you about something that you love, your business, right, and their enthusiasm for it. So here is an example of an income producing activity that cost me nothing in the way of grief or stress, right, didn't feel like a grind. And you can crank those out so quickly. So then if you make, again, if you make, because you have to be a first degree connection with someone to do that, if you make your process a note so that I can call you and say that I sent you a note, then the call to try and have that first element of human connection, then the connection request so that they see your name and likely connect it to those first pieces of income producing activities. And then once they've seen those things and then they hear your voice, now that's the confirmation, right? And now when you call them, they may even recognize your voice. If nothing else, they recognize the tone, the energy. And they're more likely then to have a conversation. And that's, again, how you get to the income. But because folks think of outbound activity as, again, this grind, this, you know, spray and pray or, you know, call, call, call without purpose, uh, a lot of the, the business owners that I coach. Um, need a little help, Uh, feeling encouraged to to get those activities done consistently.
0: Wow. I love how you broke that down. And I love your shift, your perspective shift, the mindset shift that the cold call doesn't have to be ice cold. It doesn't need to be dreaded. Sending a note, making a call, LinkedIn connection, voice notes, another phone call, making it fun. I've got two questions. You got the gears turning as you're dropping so many gems, gold nuggets. Uh, what are your thoughts? Question: I know you're not supposed to stack, but I I am. I'm a rebel. What are your <laughs> thoughts on voicemail or no no voicemail with that initial call? And then you talked about LinkedIn voice notes. I'd love to hear your opinion on video and, and GIFs, some of the other functionality within LinkedIn. Have you had any successes with it? So voicemails, yay or nay? Yay or nay? Uh, and then the LinkedIn, taking it past
1: the voicemail. I like a voicemail. I like a voicemail <laughs> because, again, for me, it's all of it is one little nudge to help these folks remember who you are. And voice voicemail, whether they listen to it or not, is a touch. If they listen to it, uh, then again, even if they don't call you back, it's a meaningful touch. And you have to imagine that someone will listen to it. And if that happens, you really only need someone to listen to it and respond. So your but you have to be strategic about how you leave the voicemail. So again, there's, I'm infusing all of this humanity in it. Right. So, so same thing. I'd be like, Hey, Larry, um, saw that this and this and that happened and it got me wondering um, if XYZ. I went ahead, I I just shot you a note and wanted to give you you a heads up. This is Nikki with such and such, by the way. Uh, Talk soon. That's it. This is Nikki with such and such, by the way. So not pretending, but true. Sometimes I'm so excited to talk to somebody when I leave. I've done this to my mom. I call her, I leave a voicemail and the last part is like, this is Nikki, by the way. Uh, And either she's charmed, like, of course I know who you are. Uh, or I was talking real fast and she was like, what is going on? Um, but so there's that. And yes, I've gotten, uh, callbacks from voicemails. And is there any greater joy as a salesperson? Like it's, it's just so much fun. So I would say yes to voicemail. Then your second piece was what about, uh, what about video? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, or in gifts, I, my favorite time that I used a gift. Is uh, this person was in Austin? They were from Austin, and I was having a tough time getting in getting in touch with them, right? And so I send them this note, and the this subject line is, you know, up for a conversation. That's it, and then, um, or did you or do you want to have a conversation? And then all the email is is a GIF, and it's Matthew McConaughey. He's saying, "Be cooler if you did," uh, and which is a line from Days and Confused, which most people from Austin are familiar with. Uh, so, so it's more than just a gift that's cute and funny. The gift itself is personalized. You have to be careful with gifts though, because you can't know the other person's. Uh, it's a risk. Uh, you can't know the other person's personality or their uh, sense of humor. Um, so, I tend not to use them as often. But video, Man. video is my darling. I love video. And that's because, again, surprise, surprise, uh, it unambiguously communicates that you are human, but I mean, it's something else, right? Here's what else video does. I'm gesturing for those who are maybe just listening and can't see, gesturing towards what's my background. Um, what else video does is it, it communicates without you having to say anything, little bits of who you are, wow. uh, little clues as to why you may have called or what you and this person may have in common, even if it doesn't have anything to do with what you sell um and so in my background you have books that inspire me you have a couple accolades because the sister got a flex every now and again uh there's sparkly things right uh and so these are clues about me and who i am it puts these people at ease once again i'm talking to a person so if i send them a video and i happen to have like and i have many britney spears little bobblehead funko pop toys uh, I have DC Comics ones, right, and all of this stuff. I've given them things to connect me with me around, right, um, and I, I pay attention to those types of things when I'm watching a video or looking at what other folks have in there in their background. So that's one of my favorite sort of un, you know, unsung heroes of of using video. Um, and then again, like I know we're not a lot of folks aren't doing the hold up a marker board thing anymore because. Folks have made ways to, to cheat on that and make it AI, but there's one way uh, that again is unambiguous. So I would write their name on the marker board and uh, most of the, the uh, video apps, the video sending apps like Loom uh, give a thumbnail. So that first little bit that's gonna be the thumbnail, it's me holding the marker board with their name on it, but the marker board is upside down, right? <laughs> So I'm holding it upside down and I'm I'm doing this like all happy, like, hey. And then I look down and I'm like, and I switch it to where it's right side up. So the gift and then I go into the video. So the gift that they get, that's the thumbnail on that video is me doing this and then laughing at myself and then, you know, turning it right side up. They're going to watch the video, Larry. Wow. They're going to watch the video and they're going to understand that you're a real person. So video is great there. I do want to say one last thing about video before we move forward because I I can appreciate that there are introverts who are selling and and not for nothing, they're crushing it. So they're not everyone who wants to use video wants to be on camera. Um, So then at that point, it's just a screen share. You are still going to have to use your voice, Uh, but it's just a screen share And uh, whatever it is that I found that did genuinely excite me about them, I'm on that page. And I'm like, listen, I, I came, I knew I wanted to talk to you today, right? So I was just, you know, taking a look at XYZ and I came across this and I just had to ask you, right? So it's me sharing my screen, showing them something that I saw that was interesting about them, right? And it says that you are a, on your LinkedIn, it says you are a professional day brightener. Uh, so I knew I had to reach out to you one day brightener to another. I've, I've literally said that in a video, right? And so again, this stuff doesn't have to be hard at all. You don't even have to be on camera. You don't even have to be anything other than what you are today, uh, except enthusiastic, again, to have conversations with people around things that you uh, are, are passionate about.
0: Wow, your creativity. I I love the whiteboard upside down and playing off of that for the thumbnail. I've never even thought about the faceless video because I, I love to be on video, but maybe I need to shake it up a little bit. For all the listeners, all the viewers out there, I hope you're listening closely to what Nikki is dropping. And I hope that you're not just listening, but I hope you pick it up And I hope you put it into action. Nikki, we're about to land the plane. I want to know, what are the top two tips that you would recommend to cold callers today? It's 2024. Oh, what? how can I have success? How can I succeed? How can I thrive as a cold caller right now?
1: Number one, don't overthink your opener. Don't. Lean into curiosity. Like I said, you can know a little something about them and then just call out. But I wasn't sure if that's what you were up against. And so I, I thought I'd ask, am I anywhere near what you're experiencing right now? Uh, which by the way is exactly how I would write the call to action in that email. Um, so there's that bit of it. Uh, and then listen to your own cold calls. I know this sounds very basic, but do not underestimate the power of a good call review. Nobody likes to hear themselves a lot of the time. And we certainly don't like a lot of like role play. Again, there's that scary messing up in front of your peers, but that's a bandaid that you just have to rip off. And I promise that once you do that, this all will get easier. The more often that you do this consistently, the more you focus on having those fun conversations and not having to mute the parts of yourself that make you who you are. As long as you've got a structure and a process around that, you're golden. Get out there and pick up the phone.
0: Speaking of golden, you're golden. Final two questions. Where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? And then I don't know about the viewers, but I'm curious. What's your big vision for 2024? What's going on in Nikki's world in this 2024 new year?
1: Ooh, so my personal goal, I have 28 clients. I have a personal goal to help at least 50% of them close a six-figure deal in 2024, right? Close a six-figure corporate deal in 2024. These women think they can't do it. I know that they can. Uh, So that's my big picture uh, goal as far as what I think that will look like and how I think I will get there. Uh, A lot of it is going to be through content uh, and continuing to speak about things uh, publicly that help folks feel inspired. Um, And then beyond that, just for like, For me personally, I think this is the year I learned how to swim, Larry. (laughs) I know I probably just threw you off, but I cannot swim. I fell in the pool when I was little and it traumatized me. Uh, But not being able to swim as I get older, it's one of the great joys of life that I see myself missing out on. And uh, I turned 42 last year and I decided that this was going to be my breakthrough year because, you know, 42, breaking barriers, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Jackie Robinson. So in my Jackie Robinson year, I got some breakthroughs to do and maybe learning to swim (laughs) is one of them.
0: Wow. Oh, you're inspiring me and I'm encouraging you. Let me ask you this because I love that, that BHAG, that big hairy audacious goal, 50% of your clients closing a six figure corporate deal. How, How can myself monster connect our listeners, our viewers, what can we do to support you? Where can we find you? We, we, we want to lift you up the way that you just lifted us up. How do we do that?
1: Well, uh, I am on LinkedIn, obviously, um, ubiquitous. <laughs> Sorry if you see my face too much. Uh, is that a flex? I don't know. Uh, anyway, so I'm there and uh, on Twitter and Instagram at no Nikki Ivy. Uh, so not no as in rejection. Uh, No as in get to know. So K-N-O-W-N-I-K-K-I-I-V-E-Y at no Nikki Ivy on on each of those. Uh, If you're the kind of person who used to get really shook when you saw your teacher at the grocery store, maybe you don't want to follow me on those platforms. (laughs) Uh, So I'm a little bit uh, more candid. But at the end of the day, I am still talking about sales. I am still talking about what it takes uh, to maintain a winning spirit, a winning attitude, uh, and how to do that in a way that moves sales culture forward as well
0: wow wow we look forward to connecting with you nikki on behalf of the cold calling podcast on behalf of our sponsor monster connect on behalf of our listeners our viewers and on behalf of me myself and i thank you thank you thank you you dropped so many gems you shared so many valuable insights and i can tell you that i'm going to pick up A lot of what you said and apply that. So I I am honored, privileged, and pleasured uh, by you joining us. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Larry. This was great.
0: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) This is a reminder. Please join us next Wednesday. Oh, January 31st. It's the end of the month. How is your month going? Let us know what we can do to support you, how we can serve you. But we'll be back here. Same bad place, same bad time. One o'clock Eastern, 10 o'clock Pacific as we welcome Miss Andrea Waltz. Let's go. Wishing you all the best. Continued success. Happy selling. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Peace.